MSW Media. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. I'm Mr. Redacted. And I'm B. Welcome. We're here with the legend and the icon, I am B. Turner from TikTok. Literally could not be cooler. Who has decided to grace our presence. For some reason. Stop. We are blessed. Stop. If you haven't seen B's content, like you need to stop this podcast and go watch it on TikTok immediately. I think your content was the first content I watched on TikTok where I felt truly seen. And it made me think... Hmm, people who aren't in the classroom are very free to kind of say as they please. That's why I want teachers who've quit on our podcast because we can be very candid and very blunt in a lot of ways. And I just love that about your content. It's so real. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, made me blush. (laughs) (laughs) So are you back? So I am currently an interventionist. Ooh, what sort? K through sixth interventionist. Math and literacy. That's half the kids and half the subject. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, wow, you're an interventionist in both of those subjects for K through six mm-hmm. post pandemic. Um, how many? How how many people do you have? I think I could have given you twelve kids out of my class alone last year. Well. Actually, not as many as I thought I would. It's a small school. I'm very blessed, very fortunate, even though I'm the only interventionist, to not just be overwhelmed by the numbers. That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it's not It's not too bad, but my schedule is full. Are you doing pull-out? No, I'm pushing. Ooh, very cool. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are not familiar with the education world, pull-out intervention is where you take the kid out of class and you're like, come here, queen, let's read a book together, and then push in is where you come into the class and maybe a with what they're doing or provide some other form of support right that is correct that was beautifully put are you running small groups i'm not running small groups as of yet that only happens if it is a severe need got it from the students that i have i was in a classroom that was overcrowded so we had nowhere to put them Mm. so i was like welcome to my classroom you can sit in this corner in the library <laughs> because I don't have You're any. like, you can sit right in my lap. Yeah. We're going to do intervention right here and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's a skill though to learn to have somebody in your classroom. And I'm very loud as I'm sure anybody could imagine. I'm in the front of the room like, 
and there's somebody in the back trying to like teach when I had an IA I would teach phonics to a whole group and my IA would teach phonics to eight kids I had to be quiet obviously do you have your own space in everybody's room has everybody been accommodating what's that been like it's not bad I'm pretty like chill when I go in I'll sit anywhere I'll sit on the floor I'll sit in the back carpet I'll get one of the little tiny chairs I did third grade I was a third grade teacher for so long so I'm not used to the chairs being like real real little and my knees are cracking and I'm trying to sit down in like the first grade chairs and I'm like oh you sound like the boppets yes like every time you move your body it just cracks and pops uh-huh. happening I pretty much just scoot around so I don't have to get back up yeah. close to the floor <laughs> What program are you guys using? Catapult. Ooh. It is through a company called Full Bloom. Cool. They provide intervention. They also have positions for like teacher's aides, full-time teachers. I've seen some administrative positions like, and it's all around the country. I want to hear a little bit about like, so you're doing intervention now and you used to teach third grade. Mm-hmm. Can you take us through like a teaching timeline yeah. of your career of like, how'd you get into teaching? I went into teaching because I come from a traditional household. My parents made sure to tell me when you go off to college make sure you get a degree in something where you know you're gonna have job security and so at 16 17 I was pretty serious I'm like what do I see right now that's out there that that we have job security oh teaching I never see like any of the college recruiters saying we have too many teachers so I'm like okay I'll I'll do that and then I had a really awesome 12th grade math teacher Mr. Smith like he made math really fun so he inspired me too and I went into teaching by the time I got to college, I started actually doing the extracurricular stuff that I like to do, which is acting, theater, did some photography a little bit, just pictures of myself and my friends and some videos. But that's what I liked to do. Content creation before was like a huge thing. But of course, I wouldn't post it because as an education candidate, they scare the daylights out of you about what you post on social media. So I just... They are like, delete it, block it. If you have been in a room with alcohol, change your first and last name immediately go into protective services like you are now a private citizen and I just didn't want to post anything well I was trying to be really careful that stuff would just stay on a flash drive I mean it's nothing crazy but it was just fun it's what I was passionate about doing but at 18 19 20 you don't really pay attention to that I'm just going with the motions so I went and when I started internship at an elementary school I was just I'm like hmm I had all this energy and now all of a sudden I am really tired like y'all my skin was getting dry my body was responding really strange and I was like hmm okay (laughs) when I graduated I was like I'm not teaching I have this degree but I'm not teaching I was thinking about going back into fast food I was like no I don't think I should go full-time I ended up getting into a master's program I said if I get into the master's program I'm gonna start teaching I started teaching they put me in third grade and then I stayed in third at three different schools throughout my teaching career it went pretty good after the first year but I had already said senior year in college I said five years five years and I'm out I don't know what I'm gonna be doing but I'm gonna give it five years and then after five years I'm done for it was coming up on the five years and I didn't have a job and I was like okay I'm getting a little desperate here what's happening because if I have a plan I want to stick to it I probably filled out anywhere from like 80 to 100 job applications in like the last two years any extra time I had in bed 
before I go to sleep. Sitting in application after application. It was coming up on year six. I was freaking out. I'm like, there is a goal I have not achieved. What is life? Like my little 27 year old self. Isn't it so funny how like you can be so hard on yourself when like you literally made the goal for yourself. Like it feels like some government official is going to come knock on your door and be like, hi, did you complete the goal that you set for yourself years ago without knowing about extenuating circumstances? Oh my god! When in reality, it's all you. Straight to jail. You didn't meet the cut, so you gotta go. I was freaking out. Then... Y'all, I don't know if you ever heard of a company called VIP Kid. They contacted me on Indeed. Like, mind you, I, while I'm filling out all these applications, I'm getting invites from them. And they're like, come work for us. We're interested. And you're like, this is spam. This seems so, you want me to send my social security number to China? No, you almost had me. And then I got desperate. You were like, so it looks like I am sending my social security <laughs> number to you. I started looking it up. I was in a teacher's group on Facebook and there were just enough posts for not to be sus like I searched it and I probably only saw like two posts like hey has anyone ever heard of this company hey I work for this company whereas you know the really scammy ones you'll see like 10 posts like don't do it Mm -hmm. I did this and then I looked on YouTube and it was like it was amazing I'm like this has been out for this long and nobody really knew about this company like that like it's not mainstream so I applied I didn't think that I did well on the interview like I actually cried afterwards like I just closed the laptop I put my head down because school was about to start the following month and I'm like I just bombed this closed laptop teared up cried went downstairs and I got an email congratulations you passed the interview and I was like oh my gosh so I started doing that going into my sixth year I let my principal know early in the year I would like to leave before Christmas break or during Christmas break you know he could have said no you you signed a contract no but my principal was like I had great admin like really great admin it worked out December I left and I had like two jobs lined up VIP kid and I was working at a museum and I eventually quit that in like six months and then I started working at a talent agency and got my photography business off the ground and then I was getting my stride and then COVID happened and then TikTok I found TikTok or TikTok found me I can see how your background really lent itself to TikTok everything that you did in your educational and career journey I'm like yeah of course she's successful in TikTok I was always on camera and I knew you were a theater kid I could I should have known. Are you a theater kid too? Yes, of course. (laughs) See, see, Uh see. Redacted, what about you? I was not a theater kid, but I do consider myself an ally to the theater kid community. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I can't. Oh my God. We love. I went to all y'all's productions. Talk to anyone who bullied the theater kids because they had to wear their costume to school. I was like, shut, shut up. They had to wear their costumes to school? Yeah. The high school I went to had like a really, really good theater department, actually. Wow. That's kind of why I wasn't in it because they like went a little bit too hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can commit what y'all are committing. But they would have to wear their costume for the show to school to promote the show. Oh. That's kind of creative. Some people would like make fun of them for being in a weird outfit in class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we support the arts. Stop. You were hot Cheeto girl. <laughs> were you hot Cheeto girl? Were you? The hot Cheeto girl defending. So that's what's funny is if you asked anyone in high school, they would be like, no. But I get that so often. Mm. So I don't know. I think it's the eyelashes. I think it is the eyelashes. Like the nails. Because I didn't have eyelashes in high school and I didn't really wear any makeup. But the theater kids. Don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with the theater kids. Because like, are, are you going to go on stage in front of this whole school no. of 
terrible people? No, you're not. (laughs) Are you working now for a district or are you working for the curriculum company? Because I know sometimes it could go both ways. So I work for the curriculum company and I am at a private school. The funding is a lot different for programs like this. Have you worked for a private school before? No, I've always worked in public schools. Always. How's it going? It's going pretty good. It's not too different from Mm -hmm. public school in my opinion but then again like I tried to make sure I didn't go in with a critical lens so to speak Mm -hmm. trying to compare everything I didn't think I was gonna get the job I went in I was totally myself and just chill about it not worked up ended up getting the job and I was like okay it was meant to happen that's such good advice though going in and being yourself if you go into an interview and you're yourself I've sat on some interview panels we can tell Mm -hmm. you need to be qualified but you're also interviewing to be somebody's co-worker. Mm-hmm. We always joke about personality hires, but it's a real thing, especially in a collaborative environment like a school. It's important to have mm-hmm. a personality that you feel like meshes with everyone else's, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that goes the opposite way too. Like I've definitely been in interviews where I feel like I'm being myself and then they kind of react awkwardly to it. And I'm like, well, then I'm probably not going to be having a great time here <laughs> if like you can't joke around and have a banter. Right. Right. And then conversely, I've had friends who have interviewed at places that I've worked and they're like that was so weird why was everyone making jokes the whole time that was the most awkward experience of my life yeah. so I think like just making sure that personality fit goes both ways mm-hmm. and like you said I think it's the interviews that you're most relaxed in where you're kind of like oh it's not that serious because mm-hmm. of x y and z that that's where you always do the best yeah I love interviewing because I love geeking out about education <laughs> so I love an interview question when people are like what would you do in this scenario I'm like oh my gosh this is so fun B do you have any words of wisdom Yes. Look up potential interview questions online. Mm. Every type of interview question you can possibly think of for that position or similar positions and come up with your answer. Now, of course, you're not going to be looking at the paper while you're in there, but it should just roll off, especially if it's a natural, honest, truthful answer. It should just roll off the tongue and everything just flows and it looks like you know what you're talking about. That always helps. I love that advice. It actually reminds me of a theater game. Can I tell you it? Ah! Yes, please. So... I used to play this game when I was in improv, but then when I was a theater teacher, I would have my students play it to kind of get out of their own head and just be in the moment and truthful. It's word association. So you stand in a circle and one person says a word and the person next to them says a word and so on and so on and so on all the way around. And you do it three times. The trick of the game is to say the exact thing that pops into your mind first because after you do three rounds, we have to repeat it exactly saying what you said the first time. And everybody's like, oh, "Oh, how are you going to do that? But if somebody says tree and the first thing you think of is bird, you don't have to remember it. Again, the same person is going to say tree and your brain's going to go, oh, bird. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of what that reminds me of. Like you answer those interview questions honestly and authentically. You're going to remember it in the moment. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to use that game. I want to be able to just like pick the most random people I possibly can (laughs) to play this game with them. Like I pick George W. Bush, Liza Minnelli, Uh people that have no business hanging out together and play this game with them. Snooky from Jersey Shore. Oh. Oh. Good combo. That's hilarious. I want to hear more about those. So you have 
had the unique experience of going from teacher to interventionist because I feel like a lot of people do the reverse of that. Was there any weirdness with that of kind of changing your role within the classroom setting? Yes, because I had good classroom management. Like I had a good, strong command of classroom management. Like I really didn't, in my opinion, need a lot of assistance with that. Also making sure that I am following along with what the teacher is doing, trying to make sure that I fit in intervention that's appropriate for that individual student, but not pulling them too far away from the language the teacher is using, the method the teacher is using, you know, as to not confuse them. Just shifting from being the lead, the star of the show, to a stand-in. That's been the interesting transition. Other than that, so far, so good. That in-between was actually the weird part. The in-between, the teaching, and the intervention is that point where I was working like three, four different jobs. I was pretty happy. I just wished that I maybe had have just found a part-time teaching job and then pushed into TikTok because I probably would have been like full-time content creator in my opinion by now that makes a lot of sense yeah is that a possibility for you like to do both have you thought about that oh yeah absolutely my photography business you're so talented stop you really are oh your photography business too Yeah, it's very tiring. I will say that much. If any teacher is out there and you would like to enter into the realm of entrepreneurship, or maybe you want to make your social media your full-time income stream, you're going to really have to burn that midnight oil. You're going to have to put in the hours and really put in the work Mm -hmm. before you can really make it full-time. And it is tiring trying to do both because anyone who is a teacher, you know that that's not a regular nine to five. Yeah. That's more like nine to six, maybe nine to seven, nine to eight on some days. But yes, it's definitely a possibility. I would hope if I am in a different position later that maybe it's part time and then I can push into my photography and content creation and then just run that business full on. And who knows what could happen? Yeah. I mean, your new feed is really beautiful. Thank you. I'm trying to be an aesthetic girly. You're succeeding. It is a very lucrative side hustle, but it is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's hard to do both. Yes, very. I have a question I want to ask you though about what you mentioned about classroom management. Your role would be really hard for me because I was really specific with my classroom management and I would get really upset Mm. if someone would come into my room and classroom manage in a way that was not aligned to what I did. Mm. And I was really lucky that the year I had an interventionist him and I were had like very very similar outlooks so we had like a really easy good relationship from the start but how, how has that been kind of navigating because I don't want to say there's no wrong way to do classroom management because there's a lot of wrong ways but <laughs> navigating people that just have even a different way than you even if it's a completely safe valid healthy normal way like how has that been it is not my classroom that teacher was hired in that position because they are qualified and they know what they are doing I am not there to scrutinize I'm there to provide intervention unless it's just unethical or immoral you run your classroom the way that you feel is best I'm never gonna forget what it's like being a classroom teacher and so I don't want to create like an uncomfortable environment because already as a teacher sometimes when anyone's in your classroom even if they're just there visiting like dropping something off you feel like you're being watched Mm -hmm. you feel like you're being observed and judged and I want to do everything in my power so that teachers do not feel like 
like, oh, this interventionist is in here judging me. No, I'm, I'm minding the business that pays me and I'm going to provide intervention. If there's a case, of course, where help is needed because I am certified, yes, you can go ahead and take so-and-so to the principal's office and I am qualified to take on what you need me to take on. I'm there as support. I do not chime in and try to tell other professionals what to do. It's your room, your room, your rules. And I just try to adjust for each teacher's classroom. It is interesting though, to see the different classrooms. It's just like being in the classroom as a teacher. You know, every one of your students is not the same and you have to differentiate how you approach certain things. So I have to differentiate how I provide intervention. So you left and came back? Mm Mm-hmm. I taught for five and a half. I left for five and then I came back in 22 as an interventionist, like as far as teaching, like classroom teaching, mm-mm, no. I, that's that's a no unless I am just there has to be like very severe circumstances in which I just have to go back in. But I said after five years, like once I finished grad school, my last grad program last year, I was like, "Mm -mm, no, there's no, there's no turning back. Just keep it pushing. If you make a goal, just try to stick to it. Don't be scared. It could be a little scary, especially when that's what you're familiar with. And the need for teachers is it's increasing because there are more and more vacancies. So it it would just be easier to say, well, if I need this job, I'm just going to go right back in. I'm going to go back into teaching. It's available. But if you said that that's not what you want to do and you want it to go, just don't, don't go back. Teaching is like a terrible ex-boyfriend. They'll always answer when you call. You said you worked at multiple schools, right? Even before your school you're at now. Were there any like common issues you noticed at multiple schools, like things that you just felt like you kept running into? Mm -hmm. Or was it like wildly different problems at every school? So many other teachers have talked about it too. Just time time to do that's another part of the reason why like former admin were like you were so good at what you did you were a great teacher i don't understand i know what it takes to be a really good teacher it takes more time than what i'm on the clock to do because i know what it takes i can't live just knowing i'm just like half stepping like that like mentally it would bother me just knowing i'm just teaching and just kind of doing just enough whereas it could be what i think is great that was the biggest thing i'd say i ran into is just the time because there were always so many different activities that i wanted to plan and then of course trying to differentiate Mm -hmm. as well and then that required a little bit more planning I remember I had the same realization one night I was like I had a lesson plan for the next day but it was kind of lackluster like it was something that was like really not that hard hitting or super super engaging Mm -hmm. and then I was like chilling watching tv and I thought of something that would be like really fun and really cool and it was a game and I was like wow that's probably gonna take me two hours to make that and it's already 7 p.m and I did it because I was like I am gonna be so mad if I don't do it and so like it sucks to not have the time to do your job at the best of your ability because I was sitting there and I was like I know tomorrow I'm gonna be doing my boring lesson and be mad at myself because I could be having more fun they could be having more fun but me and my laminator should not be hanging out at 11 Mm p.m making little game pieces like I should have the time at school to be able to think of these things and then actually action these things Mm -hmm. what is y'all's opinion of a four-day work week Ooh, with one day for planning I'm in favor depending on how it's implemented 
Do you want to hear my dream scenario of this that I thought of? Yes, and then I'll tell you mine if it's not different, and then B, you can tell us yours. I think the four-day week where teachers get one full planning day is great. It would be best if you really used that day for something. I think it's a waste of everyone's time if it's just being used to, like, save money and, like, be able to make teacher pay lower and things like that. But imagine if every Wednesday all the schools agreed they all did it that day. Every kid had to, like, register a place they had to be. So if you're in high school, maybe Mm. there's like job shadowing or like outdoor things or something like that if you're a little kid we can create like mentorship programs like if you think about how many already existing community centers and intramural centers where like I really feel like if communities had it up to themselves they could create three or four or five options for kids to be able to pick so that they're actually doing something engaging with that day and like being in the community because I think it would make their education more well-rounded and then it would also make scheduling a lot easier because you wouldn't have to build in planning time in the day. 100%. That's literally the same thing that I would dream of. I had this interview at a digital charter school. Monday, you're planning. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're teaching. Friday, you're running a club. That's my dream scenario. I don't know how you guys felt during COVID if you were virtual teaching. I guess you weren't B, right? Mm -mm. That was gone three years before COVID. Lucky ducky. (laughs) You left us in the dust. You said, good luck. Yes. You saw it on the news and you were like, that's crazy. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I felt like we kind of got through everything faster because obviously you could press the mute button nobody was interrupting you 80 times a day mute yeah you get the same (laughs) stuff done but you know whatever that's definitely what I would love to see happen but Mm. what about you B mine is kind of flipped a little bit my ideal would be enough time for core subjects and the core subjects are roughly an hour long sometimes you know that science and social studies kind of like interchanges that might be 30 to 40 minutes and school is only four hours a day for the kids Lunch is in between for the teachers. And then the last three hours of the day can be used an hour for PDs. Any type of recertification classes should be within that second half of the day. The online programs that you may have to do, like we have Read to Succeed. So we have a certain number of Read to Succeed courses to keep the teaching certificate that we have. And then the last two hours of the day, each day for planning. Literally by the end of the day, you are done. Mm-hmm. You're off at 3.30. Another school schedule that I heard someone like dreaming up that's a very similar to that that I also loved. Their school day was like a long day, like a pretty long day compared to what most American schools do. They had a full hour for lunch. They believe like all students teachers should get a full hour for lunch. I can't remember if it was an actual school that had this or someone was just saying they wanted to make this in a school. And then everyone having a full hour of recess so that's the teacher's planning time so all the teachers have planning at the same time and then for high school kids they have like a chance to walk a track get outside something of that nature so that everyone has like an hour to be active outside and then my favorite idea of this that I think would be so beneficial is in addition to the teacher's dedicated planning time where the children are being one with the earth a dedicated hour-long study hall where all the kids have an hour to work on homework where Mm -hmm. they can like go see a teacher so for the teachers it's not planning time but not active teaching time either kids who would do their homework at school were so much more successful with their homework and I'm anti-homework but Mm -hmm. I think for high school it's beneficial for them to have to keep track of things and projects and stuff like that so I feel like if you could have that built into a school day of like everyone's independent work time where they can get help they can do all the things we've all come up with so many good options for school schedules yet none of them are being used 
<laughs> Put this on TikTok. You never know. I mean, the other thing with all of this, too, is that staff would be required for it, right? Because yeah. I had, at times, hours of planning time built into the day, but I really didn't. This is probably not a middle or high school problem, but if you had any students that were having trouble at recess, at lunch, with a specials teacher, you would nine times out of ten have to go in and have a conversation with that student to help out. Yeah. I love the things that we could do if we listened to teachers, you know? Mm-hmm. If only <laughs> someone was listening other than the people who listen to this podcast. If you work in the Department of Education and you listen to this podcast, I'm going to need you to put a little pep in your stuff. Redacted the other day, I had had like a glass or two of wine and I almost texted you and deleted it like seven times. What I was texting you was, what if we just call Jill Biden? What would it take? What if we just call her up? Hello, man. I, I feel like I can swing this. <laughs> you got connections. Maybe if we, we call in enough favors, we can at least like text her. Mina Harris has a TikTok. I got doxxed in her comment section, so I feel in a weird way like we're connected. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, I have some great screenshots. I'm disturbed. But no, the thing I'm saying is anything can happen on TikTok. I think if we put our minds and hearts to it, we really could do it. They got Olivia Rodrigo invited to the White House. So like we're Hello. only 30 steps below that. I think. Mm -hmm. So would you ever go back to a general education setting? Mm -mm. Immediately, no. I had already made up my mind Mm -hmm. in college. It was something I chose as a traditional route. Content creation and like the whole YouTube thing was like fairly new. It was either you want to be an actor or actress or a model. And then in my household, that was not attainable. You know, you are one in a million people who want to do that. You have to go and get a job in something that's going to get you an income or you're going to be out on the streets. So (laughs) I did that. And once I realized, hmm, there may actually be a way for me to get into content creation, for me to get into the arts, uh, visual and or performance arts, even if I were a drama teacher, which is something I tried to look into as well, or running a drama club, which is something I did for a little bit at one school and tried to bring it to another school, but couldn't. But yeah, I said five years. Usually when I have my mind set on something, that's it. It would take like a life-changing event to switch that up. That's it. But the why not part of the reason my attention span is really short. I like to move around a lot. I like to see different faces and do different things. I like to use the restroom when I would like to and not have to get coverage. You know, be a human. Small things. Everyone's always so needy these days. People want to go to the bathroom at work. How dare you? Nobody wants to work anymore. How dare you? (laughs) Lazy millennial. The fact that people would say that too. But people have said that. No, literally. Like, Anyways, I digress. I'll just put my bladder in my pocket. <laughs> Forget it. I don't need I'll it. I'll leave my bladder at home for the day. It's <laughs> got the day off. Just holds me back. Like, right. Who needs that? But yeah, that and like also once I did get out of the classroom and I went to uh, working at a talent agency and I'm still mm-hmm. the creative director there. I'm just like part, part, part time. Mm-hmm. My boss was like, yeah, you have a lunch break. And I realized I can leave for that hour like what what do I do like if you are a teacher and you go into working like in an office position or, or wherever you would eat lunch in the first 15 minutes like what am I going to do with the other 45 you'll be paying bills I could go home because I live that close to my job and do the laundry I could watch tv I could make something at home to eat I didn't have to like go out I could take a nap just to feel the sunshine on my face as an adult when I went out like <laughs> I prefer to help teachers as well I love teachers I 
I love kiddos and students, but if you're a teacher and you're passionate about it and it's your dream and it's what you want to do for life, then I am here to help as a resource, um, whether it be career advice or curriculum coaching or an interventionist. Just having the flexibility to kind of like move around. Like I'm just as antsy as the kids sometimes. I can't sit in the same four walls all day. I can't focus after a while. So just for me, my personality type just did not necessarily fit. Do you have any like generalized advice for teachers? Anybody who might be listening, maybe wanting to go into the field? Just like any job, like and not just for teaching. If you really don't eat, sleep, and dream whatever that is that you're doing. If you wouldn't do it for free, you might wanna reconsider. If you are someone who just would like a job, teaching may not be it for you because you have people's children's education right. on the line. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like this is like the future. Like work at Verizon. Right. <laughs> if you just wanna pay your bills, like T-Mobile, Verizon, they're always hiring and they have a great management track. If you just want to show up and try like a medium amount, maybe teaching's not for you. Exactly. Because these are going to be our doctors and lawyers and whatnot. If you're not truly passionate about it and you wouldn't do it for free, you may want to reconsider. And this sounds so corny, but like take one of those career placement tests. Oh no, for real. To get yeah. like a general idea about what it is you're interested in and don't ignore it. Like if it says you're interested in museums or, or hospitality and you keep taking the tests and they keep telling you the same thing in different words, then that's probably what you're passionate about. When you're really passionate about it, you'd be even more motivated to work harder and then you can move your way up and earn more for what you do. Tamika, who was in episode six, she also said taking a career aptitude test is such an important step in figuring out what else you want to do. Maybe you're teaching and you want to transition careers or you're in college and you're not sure what you want to do. I don't think it's corny at all. I think it's a really good piece of advice. And even saying like what you said, you should want to do it for free. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. When I was thriving, I would lay in bed in the morning and be like, God, I don't want to wake up. But then I would think, no, when you get to school, you're going to feel so much better. It'll be great. I would get out of bed to go to work. Mm. That was the best feeling in the world. It was like my hobby and my job sometimes, which there's an argument that that's not healthy, but I was having a blast. (laughs) I really was. And I think that that's such a good piece of advice, B. That's so good. I love that advice. You would definitely teach my kiddos because like I just, I love when the teachers, especially like the early childhood teachers, when y'all are so passionate about and y'all's classrooms are so cute and the kids are so excited and I'm like geez I want to be in this class like I want to participate in the activity and and make the gingerbread men like you said it's your hobby like you enjoy making things and doing fun activities and I taught early head start which really got me into the arts and crafts Mm. before I taught high school craft queen so when I taught high school I did them just because I thought they were fun so if you're listening to this and you teach secondary don't be afraid to get crafty up in your classroom because my kids really really liked it and a lot of them would express to me that they were like oh my god we never get to have fun past elementary school Mm. and even my kids who were like 19 years old who worked like 30 hours a week would be like so excited to color in their little ornament for the Christmas tree and to make like little crafty things and so be yourself and be genuine like if teaching is your passion and it fuels you 
even if you teach secondary, don't be afraid to, like, nerd out and, like, be your full teacher self because I think the kids often kind of miss that mm-hmm. at that age. Even at PDs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love doing, like, hands-on stuff and, like, fun activities and whatnot. That's fun at any age. When I was in my teacher credentialing program, we would have mini lessons from our professors. And, I don't know, it gave me the warm fuzzies. I, like, love stuff like that. (laughs) You are a living testament to the fact that if you go into teaching, and maybe it's not for you anymore, you can always pivot if you're scared and you're like well, all these teachers are leaving that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll leave but it also doesn't mean that you won't find a career path that continues your passion in a different way maybe it's intervention maybe it's a different career yeah, there's so many opportunities and it's totally fine to not be a forever teacher yeah. i feel like we want teachers to like marry the profession like if someone was like oh i'm gonna go into coding but i think i only want to do it for five years just to get the experience and then go on everyone would be like oh my god that's great but when someone says that about teaching they're like actually how dare you we need you never say that again stay yeah sign your soul teachers have (laughs) a really broad skill set and there's so many areas that really could use that kind of energy I think Mm -hmm. our skills are very useful. Absolutely. No, really. Because if you use your teacher tone outside of the class, like people are very warm and receptive to that. My brain went the opposite direction because we had a situation at work with these balloons. We had to set up these balloons for this little event and the guy was late bringing the balloons and they were supposed to already be in bunches of four when he brought them. And then they weren't and everyone was freaking out. And I teachered that moment. Literally everyone afterwards were like, I was terrified of you. They were like, I wanted to make my balloon bunches so fast and then like one of my co-workers was messing around and kept taking the balloons in the elevator and I literally gave him like the teacher death glare I was like if you do not come back with my balloons and he was like I'm sorry I'm sorry literally to this grown man so I'll wait I'll wait <laughs> it's like I'll wait till we're all ready to make the balloon bunches one two three eyes on who but we did get all of those balloon bunches done by the time the important people got there. So people will be responsive when you're nice and they'll also be responsive when you're not so nice. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's crazy how you'll know how to delegate and even trying to help adults learn certain things. Like I'm always gonna be a teacher, Mm -hmm. y'all. I swear I couldn't get away from it. No matter where I went, somebody always had me teaching. I went to visit my brother's church and ended up some kind of way working in Sunday school with the kids. And then he came to me later. He was like, you know, you have a gift for teaching and working with kids. And I'm like, shh, be quiet. I don't want the gift. (laughs) Did it have a gift receipt? Put it back. Return. But regardless of what I do, where I go, even if I'm on TikTok, I'm always going to end up having to teach. But at the end of the day, if you're a teacher and a content creator, most of the content that does really well historically is content of value for people. What are you learning? What are you getting from it? When we look at analytics on social media, that's what item analysis is in the classroom. Well, what went wrong? Teachers, you're literally built for social media. We know how to action plan based on data. The skill that's really easy to overlook within yourself is teacher's ability to like analyze data, but with kind of a different perspective. I would have to analyze the kids' test scores. 
and see what subject they were lowest on. And my admin kept being like, they're lowest on World War One, they're lowest on World War One. And I realized, no, they're actually not lowest on World War One, they're lowest on the ability to read maps, because they got that question wrong, not because it was about World War One, but because it had a map in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed like in my corporate career, how helpful it's been that I'm really good at anticipating people's questions. And yes. how I've become so much of a better trainer. And I think why people have gotten a lot out of the trainings that I give is because teachers have the ability to look at something and identify where people are going to be confused and to me like a lot of that is just intuition and seeing patterns over time and it's not something that can always be quantified being able to look at something from the lens of I've never seen this before what am I going to be confused about what am I not going to understand we should do this in a different order or whatever yes you're reflective teaching really is an art form Mm -hmm. and then you make minute by minute decisions all the time your brain is constantly like going 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 the way you're analyzing data like you can literally take your skill as a teacher and you can teach just about anything as long as you have the content and you understand the standard yeah like you can teach anything you can if you're on your way to work so many people listen to this on their way to work if you're on the way to work let this hype you up get hype you are so capable maybe admin's not making you feel good about yourself maybe something's happening maybe there's a parent up your booty what have you (laughs) you are very very skilled very talented you bring so much to the space that you're in just by being a teacher, just by being yourself. So own that, claim it. Yes. And you don't have to quit. You don't have to quit. But if it's in your mind, hey, I want to do something different. That's perfectly fine. But I will say have a strong backup plan. Just have a safety net and do not let your teaching certificate expire. Even though I left, I definitely was not going to let my teaching certificate expire. That's how I feel. You can use your nine to five income to fund your entrepreneurial pursuit oh yeah teachers who you know you've been teaching the same grade level for years it's maybe a little bit easier for you because you've already got the resources you've got the content planning for you can be like 15 minutes like you already you got it and then when you get home when you leave that's when you put in that time for what it is you want to do you can do it you can do it and if you want to stay I will also say as someone who like not to like brag on myself but I feel like as someone who has a very full schedule like I work at 8 30 to 5 with a commute and then I do all of this stuff I think it's really important to think about what your priority is and give yourself permission to not be perfect in some areas of your life I dedicate a lot of time to my career and I dedicate a lot of time to my online career so my apartment's usually a mess I don't cook meals every single night (laughs) I eat a lot of takeout food don't feel like you have to juggle every single plate and like you said set up a schedule for yourself that feels sustainable and that feels doable because something that might feel really big and important when you actually look at it, you be like, this is actually not that important to me. And I think I can kind of cut that off my plate and really focus on my actual passion. So I think it's really easy to get caught up in the standards of how we think we're supposed to live and how we think our house is supposed to look and we're supposed to do all these things, but everyone's life is what you want it to be. So if you want to dedicate hours of the day to your online career and have wrinkly laundry, do it. If you do leave, it's not shameful to go back no yeah teachers are always needed you have one life to live if you just want to go out and just try something just to try it come back you work for the state leave your retirement in the state leave your sick days in the state and then go and come back if it doesn't work out but give it give it some time it will get hard but do not be discouraged 
I feel like I needed to hear that B because that's been something that I've been grappling with because like I said earlier teaching was my hobby teaching was my personality I mean it shouldn't be and I would not encourage that for anyone but I wanted to be a teacher since I was like a a child since I was in preschool I would say I want to teach the big kids which were kindergartners like I've always wanted to do what I was doing but I've also always wanted to be a mom are you crying for real that was so cute when you were little you like in pre-k you wanted to teach the big kids that was so cute (laughs) it's true it's true and uh, you know I struggled a lot with leaving when I was going back and forth and then my my HR department lost my application for maternity leave, I was like, is this a sign that I'm just supposed to let it go for a minute? I don't like to share my like struggles anymore because people will see your struggles and use them against you just as often as people will see your struggles and relate to you. And that's something that I just am not, I, I can't deal with right now. But when I did share about what happened, I had people from Australia and Canada who were like, we have 12 to 18 month maternity leave. Like, don't feel bad for stepping away for a second. Then some people were, they would be like, my mom left when she had me and she went back when I went to kindergarten or she went back to school recently or whatever. And it really opened my eyes to this other worldview that I didn't have because I had such tunnel vision and such fear around it. I think I did feel a sense of shame about like, quote unquote, giving up, which now that I'm out of it, I'm like, that's so silly. Like, it doesn't matter what other people think. People, have been like she's not going to go back there's no way she's going to go back but I know myself and I know that I want to go back I intend to go back what you said of like you can go back and it's okay like that hadn't even crossed my mind so I'm sure there are more people listening to this that feel the exact same way one thing that made me feel a lot better when I was in the process of leaving because it's really I think teaching is a particularly scary career to leave if you haven't had a job outside of education because it's like the same environment that you were in for so long so it's like everything's completely new and one thing that made me feel a lot better that my mom said to me is she was like okay take the job. If six months later you hate it, you can literally just get a different job. So even if you leave and you hate it and you're like, but I don't want to go back, but I hate this. And like, there's no choice that feels right. There's unlimited jobs out there and it might take a couple tries. A life is a long thing. Your life's career is a long thing. And like you said, tunnel vision, it's really easy to feel like you should be climbing a ladder when in reality, it's, I think it's more of like a, not a hike, but like a nature walk with lots of ups and downs. Yeah, I like that. There is that element of like, we're teachers, so this career is different than all other careers, you know, but it's really not. Mm-mm. It shouldn't be. Right. Let's ask a juicy question. What's the worst thing you've seen an administrator do? Scandal! I've had some good administrators. I've heard other stories because I was a little goody-goody. Like, I, my superlative was Deputy Do-Right. No way, B. It was. They gave that to adults? Was. Deputy Do-Right? <laughs> that was my superlative. I was Deputy Do-Right. Mine was... <laughs> most cat-like. I don't even like cats. Who is coming up with these superlatives? Why is that a superlative? Where are these coming from? What did you do to make them say you were most cat-like? I'm the co-worker that will come to your classroom and be like, hi, I miss you. What are you doing? And then I'll sit there for a while and then just get up and leave eventually. I was the teacher that had the blinds down, the lights off. I would be hiding on the other side of the door. And it was locked. I've been both. My first year, I was very social because I would go into my mentor teacher's room and just be like, bro, what? Like, what? 
And then my second year, I was like, oh, planning my lesson at 11 p.m. the night before is actually really not an enjoyable experience. So then I started locking myself in my room and sitting in a kid desk where you couldn't see me and turning the lights off. Do not off. disturb. I had a child who... And I should preface this with I love her family and I love this child. She would scream like bloody murder for the entire specials. If she had to leave me for any reason, she would hysterically scream and cry like at a decibel that you just have never heard before. During planning time, we would sit in my room with the lights off and the door locked and away from the window like it was a (laughs) lockdown drill. I couldn't be seen. Or she would have a fit. She would try to claw the door open. She would grab my clothes and try to climb me. Oh my. She loved me too much. Just kidding. Mm -mm. Something else was probably going on. We didn't do that in third. Oh, They were like, you said how many minutes till specials? How many minutes till we get to be out of here? Is it it time? And I would be like, you learn how to read a clock in second grade. Please direct your attention. My students would always say, they would be like, we don't know how to read the vintage clock. And I was like, stop calling it the vintage clock. Vintage. The kids that I taught were in this weird in-between where they like took away a bunch of life skills but hadn't added them back in yet. So like the younger kids knew how how to read a clock, but the older kids didn't. So I would literally teach them. And they didn't know how to read cursive either. I was like, what's going on here? My kindergartners, I could send a note to the office and be like, Friend, take this to the office for me, please. But third graders could read. Third graders, I would write in cursive. Ah. That's so clever. Mm -hmm. No, my third graders probably still could read it. I have to seal the envelope. If they could, they earned it, you know? (laughs) Exactly. You deserve to know. Mm -hmm. That's the curse of reading privilege in elementary school, (laughs) is that you get all the teacher tea. If you read this, tell me, then you get 10 dojo points. Why are you reading my stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you reading? B, thank you so much for being with us. (laughs) No one makes me laugh quite like I do. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your stories. I love hearing from people that have taught in multiple schools. I think it's so validating when people can be like, yes, it's not just one school and one group of people. It's everything. It's the same across the board. B, thank you so much for joining us. Thank y'all. I'm so happy that we got to hang out because truly, I think you're so cool and I love how your brain works. I was starstruck. Don't be. I'm just boring. (laughs) You're way cooler than me. Thank you so freaking much for gracing us with your presence. I think that you have such a unique experience y'all are so sweet there are so many paths that you can take there's so much that you can do and it's all valid and it's all good thank you so much for being with us this was great this was and if you're at work have a great day it'll be what it is rate subscribe <laughs> only if you like only it. if you liked it please you know that we're sensitive <laughs> all right you guys bye we love ya yes have a great day get your coffee and you know, just chill with <laughs> Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district. Yeah, leave her alone.